Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Pre-market is obviously wary after Monday's sell-off. Dow futures down about 60 here as the 210 spread is just three basis points from inverting, the flattest in 12 years and the strongest recession signal we've seen in a very long time. Europe's red across the board. Germany down 1%. German business sentiment hits an eight-year low. And then watch our own 30-year falls below 210 overnight and everyone is going to be watching today's close. Let's get straight to the market. Futures lower ahead of this morning's open following a sharp sell-off of the second consecutive Monday. Global economic worries, falling yields continue to weigh on investor sentiment, driving them towards some safe havens. Gold now, the highest price in more than six years. The president tweeting a few moments ago through massive devaluation of their currency and pumping vast sums of money into their system. The tens of billions of dollars that the U.S. is receiving is a gift from China. Prices not up, no inflation. Farmers getting more than China would be spending. Fake news won't report. What we will report is that uh, core CPI 2-2 is the 17th month of uh, plus 2%. Yeah, look, in, in, there's my, there is a level of inflation in our country, but there's also, I think that when you see it a lot, some of it is tariff. But if, if you're a central banker, you recognize that there is, uh, there is a wave of deflation coming. When you have these rates going the way they are, that is about deflation. Uh, the president seems to, I'm not saying that I want to be part of the fake news, so to speak, but it, it's entirely possible that you can have the Chinese devaluing and you still get the, the, the tariffs. I'm not, I, no one's, dis- it's interesting. He's positing something that it's hard to disagree with. And that's what's happening. And will fake news, I mean, let's say we're fake news. All right, I don't know if he thinks we're fake news or not, but these are facts. There's not as much inflation. There's some inflation. But we're better off. I think what I would have emphasized if I were the president is is that everybody wants our market. Okay? Everybody. And that's because we're strong. Uh, The strong dollar will not necessarily uh, be a great thing for us. Larry used to talk about, by the way, his chief economic advisor used to talk about king dollar. Or steady dollar. Steady dollar. But, look, I, I think that what's needed is some sort of belief by someone uh, other than the president, that we can avoid or will not be in recession because this talk is endless, Carl. I mean, I went home last night and I said, I've, I'm dealing with all I was going to take two interactive yesterday. I mean, there, there, there are companies doing incredibly well. And you could say, well, Jim, that's a video game. Well, okay, so then we have um, Dr. Pepper Keurig. We've got that right here today. They're doing incredibly well. Now, Keurig is the most discretionary. If you really need to spend $199 on the new duo, but I, it, it, it's off the chart sales. Well, there's a difference between a global recession and a U.S. recession. Today's BAML fund manager survey is 
highest recession risk in eight years, but U.S. equities are the most preferred region for the next 12 months. Yeah, I mean, look, I, it's almost as if we're rooting for a recession. I mean, sometimes I feel like that we're a believer that because the rates are going down, uh, it has to be a recession. And yet I look at it like this. I say, what kind of moron who has any money, if they're in Germany, if they're in Spain, if they're in Italy, if they're, they're in Japan, in China, obviously, they could go there if they could somehow get the money out. Who wouldn't buy? The, we all think the dollar's going up. We all think our rates are going down. Who wouldn't buy our bonds? Are you arguing that a global recession, if in fact we're headed there, is going to result in a melt-up for U.S. equities? Uh, Just people trying to get to the nearest bomb shelter, essentially? Somehow they're not. No one is saying that lower rates are going to help equities. They're just saying they're, just, they're going to help gold. Uh, and that's because it doesn't cost any money. When you have low rates like this, gold's a natural. Uh, anytime rates have come down like this, people are supposed to buy gold. But, no, I think everyone's very confused. They're, they're stuck. If they listen to the companies, with the exception of a couple of international companies, the numbers have been really good. So you have to believe that somehow we're going to be importing that decline. Uh, when you look at the German economy, that, that's very sensitive to China. China's never let us sell much there. And a lot of it was ag. And it's not like they sat there and bought all of our oil equipment. They just don't do it. So I'm stuck again. I see, I'll give you a great example. Larry Cole, the CEO of General Electric, yep, yep. he buys $3 million worth of stock. Now he's bought $10 million. Uh, he's got another guy on the board who, who, who bought five, five, $500,000. And what do I hear instead? You got to remember the summer of 2007 uh, when everybody was worried that the, I mean, we thought that housing was too hot. Yeah. Uh, it can turn on a dime. Housing was hot until it was cold. Uh, it's entirely possible that uh, we could just be in recession because everyone thinks that it's so bad that we should be in recession. I wish that I heard a company that felt that things were rolling over. I see, I see something like an international paper yields five, and I think, wow, maybe paper's rolling over. I know chemicals have rolled over. Those are basic, uh, basic blocks that didn't even roll over in, two, in uh, 1987. But I wish I heard the banks say that things were bad. You can say, well, Jimmy, never, the banks didn't say anything bad in 2007. Everyone keeps analogizing in 2007, except for the consumer was totally in hock in 2007. Sure. Now they're not. So then people say student loan. Take student loan off the table. The balance sheets are very good. So I, I, I search for real reasons why we could go into recession. But when I, hear, when I say that, what people say is, doesn't he realize that you don't have any real signals? It just happens. That's never really the case. No. I think we'd be looking for things like a sudden spike in jobless claims. Yes. Uh, then I would be like, hey. Look out. Yeah. You, you know, there are people laying people off. Now, I mean, look, I was looking at a, a, a REIT. It, it's a, um, it, it's PEI is the symbol. It's Pennsylvania Realty. And they're very bullish. There's a big new mall opening in Center City, Philadelphia. But throughout, the questions were, how many stores are closing? The big Achilles heel is brick-and-mortar retail. That's doing quite badly. And if you look at the REITs that are catering to brick-and-mortar, those are bad. So maybe is it JCPenney? Is it Lowe's saying they're going to lay off a lot of people? It, you know, in the end, 
that market's got very tight labor. I don't want to be cavalier, but those people all have jobs. Yeah. Now, look, JCPenney all at once, no. That would be terrible. There has been some work done on uh, containers riding the rails right now, and people arguing that retailers are happy to let these inventory levels come down, that they are not counting on a strong consumer to ride us, get, get us through back to school or get us through the holidays. Well, that is what PVH has been saying, which is the most uh, accurate indicator. That's Manny Chirico. But then I said, well, listen, they're levered to Macy's. But then I said, well, wait a second. What's Macy's doing at 7.7 yield? Isn't that a sign of something? But I was just up. I, I was seeing Jeff Gannett not that long ago, and he, he's, he thinks business is good, and he's paid down a lot of debt. Um, so is the, so then someone would say to me, I mean, I just go back and forth. You go back and forth in your head, sure. which is like, don't you realize that Macy's is doing badly? And I come back and say, yeah, but it's doing well. No, but don't you realize it's terrible? Well, I come back and say, well, it's not terrible. There's no winning in this. Uh, it, you know, people keep saying, wait, wait till Walmart rolls over. Wait till Target rolls over. Well, Walmart's accelerating. Target's having a great quarter. I want to, it is, let's say, I debated this this morning. I debated coming on the show and saying, you're right, you know what, Carl? Everything I think is good is really bad. But that's kind of like 1984, where war is peace and peace is war. Right. Uh, no, that'd be, that'd be glib. We don't want to be glib here. We want to be We're honest. stuck with, it's yeah. empirical yeah. that things aren't as bad as the bonds are indicating. It's right. empirical. Uh, we do have some uh, news in the media space. CBS and Viacom in the final stages of negotiating this deal that would reunite Sumner Redstone's media empire. Two sides are still working out details. Moments ago, CNBC confirming that CBS and Viacom have agreed on a share exchange ratio at the midpoint of the range, valuing Viacom at nearly $12 billion with an enterprise value of more than $20 billion. CBS would exchange its shares for each Viacom Class B. Be nice to have this settled. Yeah, my... my trust owns Viacom, and we've been miffed that Viacom had a great quarter. It had one of the better quarters in entertainment. And all the stock has done is go down a couple of points because it's been intertwined in the ennui of this merger. Uh, and we don't really have the old cheerleader at the helm of CBS. I, do I, I don't Need I say more? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I say more. Uh, Viacom, Bob Back is just doing a great job, and it's been obscured by this, and it's incredible how good his over-the-top is doing. They had their first advertising bump in a long time. But this is a space that is just despised. Right. I wonder broadly what the environment is doing, you think, to sentiment on M&A, whether it's international getting regulatory approval, uncertainty over uh, pricing, right? No, no, it's, it's, it's bad. And then I pick up the, the New York Times. I mean, they have a lead story in the business section that basically says that everybody in the Valley's a fraud. But I read that as like, holy cow, this is the New York Times. But one thing is clear. I, if I were one of those companies, I'd be afraid to buy somebody. If I were a fang company, I'd be afraid because of concentration. And those are natural buyers. Great balance sheets. You know, Alphabet is 130 billion. Yep. They would be a natural buyer. But I think that they're feeling, well, I, I better not buy it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's time to, to make it so that we're not on the radar screen. So they're the ones that, are, that I think are most vulnerable to not being able to take advantage yeah, of it. That's called being defensive. And we're going to talk yes. later this morning about Verizon finally selling uh, Tumblr. I have an oath, a T-shirt, and, and a bunch of oath stuff on my kitchen table. I just never took it away from when I'm sloppy a little. But I have like, you know, you have these little things that like charge your batteries that I got from a previous CEO of Oath who's been, I, don't, do they, I think they got rid of Oath, Tumblr. I mean, Wow, you know, we don't talk about that. That was like one of the worst buys ever. Yeah, but we are, always, you know, 
It was really dumb. After acquiring it as part of its purchase of Yahoo two years ago, the buyer is a company called Automatic, uh, the owner of an online publishing tool, WordPress.com. There are reports Verizon is selling it for a nominal amount, although the sum has not been disclosed. Tumblr once fetched a price of more than a billion dollars from Yahoo in 2013. When we spoke to Yahoo's chief at the time, Marissa Meyer, who defended that price tag the day the deal was announced. We actually did a lot of different analyses, um, looking at things like DCF, discounted EBITDA, other uh, precedent transactions, and a lot of different methodologies. And all of those methodologies supported this valuation. That was, that was the key line in that interview we did with her, uh, comparing it to other recent purchases yeah. and arguing it was in line. Well, right, That was a sign of the times. Uh, yeah, it was. I, I don't really think it was in line. It was ill-advised, but Tim Armstrong put them all together. I remember... A great meeting I had with Tim where he was talking about the vision. Tumblr, Merkle Online, Yahoo, nothing. He didn't even last a few days. I mean, the new CEO was named at Verizon the day that I saw Tim. And that new CEO didn't want this. So, I mean, he's gone. Both is gone. They spent a lot of money on this. Yeah, yes, they did. Uh, are, are people arguing maybe one of the... Most misguided purchases, at least for the price. Well, there was a lot of hope. There was a lot of hope among people that Verizon was going to challenge Facebook. They were going to challenge Google, challenge Twitter. They didn't challenge anybody. The new CEO just didn't care for it. And I, Tumblr was, uh, look, it was bought by the guys from WordPress. Those guys are smart guys. <laughs> they didn't. I'm surprised that, that, that Verizon didn't say, "Look, we'll pay you this to take Tumblr," um, but. Fang and anything it touches the online right now is kind of right. not so good. Even though you the got, ads continue. You got, you got other old line telecom trying to compete with the likes of Netflix, which just got its uh, third point uh, investor stake boosted by uh, 25%. Well, I got to give uh, Loeb uh, uh, kudos for Campbell's. Campbell's was good. I mean, Campbell's is starting to get a little more relevant. And so that was good, but I don't think he's going to, who's going to pressure Reed? I mean, Reed's doing a good job. It's just that they spent an awful lot of money on it. Like content. Wow. This is a weird moment, Carl. I mean, I just, I, I, I want to hate the market. I, I got to find stocks within that I hate, other than 3M. Yeah, that's, that's I don't an even easy one. Like I mean, aren't you, are you finding company. it harder to find stories you love? No. No, and not as they come down. Not as they come down. I, I just think there's a lot of companies in the drug sector that have come, that I want to come down more. I've been looking for Novartis to come down in the food sector other than Kraft Heinz. Mm-hmm. Again, I come back to this. Uh, Keurig, maybe it's just top of mind, Keurig, Dr. Pepper. But what a great story right. they are. How about a Starbucks? But they're, they're, they're value down. names. They're defensive names. Yes, defensive names. I, I, for, you know, we're not an industrial power, so we don't really have. I'm not waiting for the industrials to come down. Honeywell's doing well. United Technologies doing okay. Look, if, if Boeing could make, Boeing is a weak link in the system. I mean, it's not like China. If China placed an order with Boeing, we would be like, we'd be like, wow, we love these guys. That's why the max is important here. The max right? is so important yeah. to GDP. It came around at the wrong time. Yes, it, that was. That's the Achilles heel of the U.S. economy right now. Yeah. Uh, certainly affecting GDP. Wow. We're going to get Kramer's mad dash. We're going to count down to the opening bell. Another important session today. Also ahead, the shakeup at Yum and UPS. Some high-profile executive shuffling over there. Take another look at the pre-market as we'll keep our eye on the 10-year, the 30-year, the spreads. More squawk on the street from Post Nine in a minute.
What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Twelve minutes to the opening bell. Let's get Kramer's mad dash this morning. Uh, watching Apple today. Great piece out of Wedbush talking about how Apple is probably going to absorb this next round, the ten percent. It's going to cost fifty to fifty-five cents. That is not uh, a minor amount. That's a big amount, but. They say they're moving production, they're going to try to move to India, Vietnam, and they're going to solve the problem. This is a flashpoint for Peter Navarro. Peter Navarro, my contend, is being the, is the most powerful person in the White House when it comes to trade, is basically saying, why don't these guys make everything here? Now, logistically, that's very hard. And I defend Tim Cook for what he's trying to do, which is... Do both. Make a lot of stuff here, make a lot of stuff there. But this this piece just says, hey, listen, I'm, we're listening. The cook is listening to the president. And uh, I wish the president's people would read this piece because I think they would say Cook is not a bad actor. He's doing what's necessary in order to be able to mitigate too much exposure to China. At the same time, there's a very powerful piece from Credit Suisse saying China iPhone shipments bounce back in July. Again, Carl, this is the existential crisis that I have. Aren't they supposed to be plummeting? Isn't this supposed to be the patriotic phone that's winning out? Huawei. No. So I think anyone who's trying to say that Apple should be going down should read this piece, too. Yeah. Uh, Nikkei's got a piece out this morning that 33 Chinese companies have told listed exchanges we're going to start moving production out of the country. 70% choose Vietnam. If only Vietnam, a country of 100 million people, could absorb all this. They don't have the correct infrastructure. They are resourceful people. They have historically had tremendous tensions with China. Don't forget, they did have a war with China after we left Vietnam. But I do also say that they're just not ready. Uh, and nobody is trying to help them. They have to be ingenious themselves. There is a rush to Vietnam that is incredible going on, which, again, is why I thought it was interesting. India. India. Now, China, how much has Cook wanted to crack India? We all want to crack India. Tougher, tough market in different ways. The only one that's cracked it is... Yum! We'll talk about yum. We will talk about yum in a minute. Apple holding 200 here. We'll get the opening bell. Take one more look at futures on this Tuesday. Don't go away. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. 
You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Futures coming off the lows of the session here. Got a bunch of movers ahead to get to before the opening bell, including Yum and UPS. Watching Hong Kong, of course, uh, the PBOC and the Yuan fix this morning. Got you covered. Don't go anywhere. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in just under four minutes on another busy session on this Tuesday. We haven't really sort of recapped what happened in Argentina yesterday, but the Merval down 37% in a day is the second worst decline for any global stock market in the last 70 years. What's amazing is that Argentina's been bad for a long time, and then it just got really bad. Uh, there are a lot of companies that have been excusing Argentina. They've been asterisking. There's a blow, but... South America, uh, X Argentina. South America, X Venezuela. I mean, at a certain point, uh, South America, uh, uh, you know, let's just call it Uruguay. I mean, there are really some cavalier companies who don't realize how terrible that that continent is. And by the way, Brazil's probably the best of the lot. Uh, I am. Uh, Argentina was a once really. People are envious of Argentina's economy because they have more natural resources than almost any country in the world. But their government has completely uh, failed their people uh, in a different way from Venezuela. It's just a failed. Yep. It's it's kind of a failed. It's a, one of the, it's probably the failed richest state state on earth. I, I, I think uh, Morgan Stanley today says the peso could fall another twenty percent. I think that's true. Yeah. It reminds me of the of the Turkish meltdown in the nineties, where I was looking at, at Turkish stocks. I said, "Boy, these things never go down." But of course, they were. They were it was like a ten for one reverse. There was more of a ten split because there the Turkish lira just plummeted so much. People have to be careful. Stay away from these markets. We have a lot of people come on air and they say, "You know what? Emerging markets are great." Well, I think you should take a look. If you really like the emerging markets, you should be buying MSC, you know, the, the old Morgan Stanley Index, Henry Fernandez's company, which is the company that keeps the indices. That MSCI yep. is the way to play. If you want, if you really want to be in emerging markets, why not be in a, a company that is the pick miner, the picks and shovels, and that is MSCI. It's an $18 billion company. I think it's worth far more than itself. Oh, my gosh. It's record highs uh, seemingly every day. Best performer between yeah. the... When, when you look at the S&P going from 2000 to 3000, was one of the best performers. Henry Fernandez is a guy. He's so understated. When he rang the bell, it was like, well, who is that guy? Well, who is that guy? That guy is one of the smartest people I've ever met. And by the way, one of the most charitable. Uh, it is difficult to play individual countries. Singapore, for example, just cut their outlook to flat to one for the uh, year. But they were looking for much more. Yep. That was really... I mean, there's an example of of, uh, uh, of what I say, wow, I thought they were doing well and they're doing badly. And I keep waiting for that to happen here because everyone tells me it's going to happen. Uh, it has not happened yet. Uh, well, they're certainly more, they're more trade-reliant than the U.S. economy, well, right? Our economy, we've... Well, look, we, have, would have, we love to be 
better traders. That's one of the things that the like I thought the president was going to slap tariffs on Germany because they won't take our cars, but uh, without a high tariff. But we're, we've always been pathetic as an exporter because our currency is so strong. Right. Yeah, it's a big uh, it's a big headwind to fight. You, know, uh, you we, mentioned you mentioned gold, Jim, six year high, fifteen twenty nine. Buy Agnico Eagle. Buy Barrick. Just buy them. They're inexpensive. Agnico Eagle's doing incredibly well. The Barrick merger's doing fantastic. That's symbol G O L D. Don't think it. A E M G O L D. They are not done going higher. They are really good companies. Yep. A lot of chart work being done on gold and silver too. Yeah, people like years. silver. There, I like Pan American, but I don't have anything really original to say. Opening bell here in the S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. At the big board, as Jim said, it is current Dr. Pepper celebrating its first year anniversary at the NASDAQ UT Austin Adventure Labs investment competition winners. I think that uh, Keurig Dr. Pepper is very, uh, very inexpensive. That's Bob Gann, who rang the bell. Bob uh, was the man who turned around Pinnacle Foods. Uh, he has done a remarkable job. You know, they're in one of every five houses. And now they've got this duo, which is on sale today for uh, Amazon. It's the first coffee pot. Um, Keurig, for those of us who missed the coffee pot, Bob Gamgord has answered you. He's also revitalized a lot of old brands, including some of the, uh, they're doing well in carbonated soda. Yeah. And they, they do have, I mean, people forget, I mean, Canada Dry is doing, Canada Dry. <laughs> I thought the Canada, I mean, you know, the Great White North, Canada Dry. What a job that this man Gamgord has done. A lot of people felt that there was no more upside to Keurig. One in every five homes. That's a lot. And they're good. He thinks they get the one in every... Well, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but we're talking about one in every four. You talked to him last night on MAD. I think Uh, we have some sound queued up uh, from Jim's conversation last night. Take a listen. I thought we did, and we don't. Are they doing, though, a case volume growth or pricing growth as well as Coke and Pepsi? um, Yes, I think they're doing better. Uh, In some some places, they're gaining share. Uh, They got Evian, by the way. You know, they lost uh, Fiji, but they got Evian. That's a very good move because that's a very hot water. They're in this buy, BAI, it's doing okay. Core, that's a drink that people like. Uh, Look, I think the main thing is, is that everyone thought that Keurig was a Keurig itself, the coffee pot, was a dead brand. And millennials, listen up. He will very shortly have biodegradable single uh, single cup. That has been, the single pot has been the bane of the millennials' existence because they love it, but they think it's bad for the environment. He's right. hurt. Right. He's hurt. Uh, we mentioned Yum and UPS earlier, uh, Jim. Uh, Yum has a new CEO, David Gibbs, uh, COO, effective January when Creed steps down. And then... Uh, UPS, a new CFO, remember Richard Peretz, who's come on practically every quarter for the past right. few years. And they bring in a, a very smart gentleman from what PepsiCo. I will tell you, I spoke yesterday with uh, David Gibbs and Greg Creed, Greg Creed, the outgoing CEO. He's going to stay as chairman at the end of the year. Uh, Greg's done a fantastic job. He, feel, he, just, he feels it's time. You know, this is one of those things where it's a couple of 60-year-olds talking about their boats and their gardens and ready to take it. I'm not ready, but he is. Yeah. And I think that uh, th- this fellow Gibbs is, is an old hand. I think this is going to be a smooth transition. The only problem he has was that Creed had the best quarter of that whole industry. How do you top that quarter? But they've got a huge amount of meta- momentum, and I, t- I think that Gibbs is going to do a terrific job. I am surprised that UPS is bringing in all these outsiders. That's historically been a very cloistered, very true. insular company. Very true. Uh, but uh, that's not the case anymore. And if you notice, they're doing, look at their stock. 
uh, look what Abney's done with their stock versus FedEx. And there's always, I happen to think the FedEx run by Fred Smith is terrific, but UPS has got the mojo. Yeah, Mojo true. per share, as I like to call it. Uh, definitely true. Uh, GE's going to lead this morning on the heels of that stock purchased by Larry Culp and well, a board member. You know, Larry believes in a, in a, a piece yesterday by Wolf. That's a brokerage firm, which really did kind of lay out a very positive story. And it's in disagreement with, with Tusa's regular uh, email that you get. Uh, I, I like Steve Tusa very much. He's wearing me down. He's wearing me down with his negativity. And I want to call Larry Culp and say, what are you wasting $10 million for, you idiot? Don't you see it's going? But then I realized that Larry Culp's a man who has done a lot of great things, and he's very smart. So this is another great existential conundrum. How could a brilliant man like Larry Culp be throwing uh, good money after bad? Maybe it's doing better. No, no, that would presume so many things. Larry's smart, and he's good, and I don't know. I don't think he's, I've never seen him to be this misdirected, yeah. but uh, maybe he's a hopeless optimist. It's not a small purchase, although what we remember, we remember dollars. purchases by Immelt prior to his departure. I know I said the word you don't like to hear. And he bought some yeah. Twilio. My travel trust owns Twilio. I guess I'm going to sell that because he, yeah. you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to get too personal. He's a nice man. I got it. Uh, but well, I. What? Uh, no, I was going to move on to this sort of cloud that Advanced Auto Parts is putting around all our retail today. Yeah, that was not that was a suboptimal situation. I was somewhat surprised because we got pretty good numbers from AutoZone. Uh, AAP, by the way, had been this terrific turnaround. I am not going to give up on that space. Um, I have a 13-year-old car, and I got the call that it's got an airbag problem. 13 years. They, you know, this is what you go. You know, these cars... And I mention it not because they're everybody, but a 13-year-old car—that's an AAP car. And a lot of companies are—they—they've been benefiting from what I regard as being uh, the aging fleet, which is pretty incredible. Can you believe Apple's up this much on that web push note? Yeah, Apple's Apple, Apple's uh, one of the leading S&Ps. Aren't they doing badly? I'm not so sure about that. Uh, there's clearly some uncertainties you know, regarding I iPhone find, sales. You know, this in watch, this thing's going, the watch now, is growing 50%. I know. Where I, I'm going to go back to the old, um, I, I got a Brightline. I feel like I got to go back to it because of how bad Apple's doing. They're only up 50%. And by the way, this was invented by Tim Cooks. This was not, we, yes, that's we know. why the, we know it's no good. Watch is not a Jobs right? uh, era. We know it's no good because Jobs didn't do it. So what am I doing? Why do I rely on it so much? I, why do I talk into it? Why do I get my mute? The answer is I must be too optimistic, Carl. Uh, speaking Cooper, of optimism, Cupertino today. Uh, we did get uh, initiation over at SunTrust of some of the home builders, uh, DHI, KB, Pulte. Uh, a lot of them are going to be in the green this morning. Well, it's another industry that benefits tremendously from lower rates, provided that the housing is starter housing, and that's uh, Horton. Now, here's something interesting. Horton is at its... $1 from its 52-week high. Again, I live in a world where Horton is doing amazing. That single-family homes, starter homes, that's supposed to be a very good sign for the economy. So how do we rationalize it, this? And what we have, we can't fall back on just saying that as low rates get as low rates get lower, it's bad for everyone. It's great for the home building industry. We're going to see a surge of, 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 uh, of buys. We, we hope so. Uh, NFI, right, right. NFIB, well, last week was good, 5 and 12. NFIB today, small business survey, yeah. asks people in the survey, if rates dropped 100 basis points, would that change your CapEx plans? The percent who said yes, 12. Well, a lot of companies don't want to expand because they can't find help. 
uh, if things are as bad as people, as some people say, there'll be a lot of help coming. You know what? Marvin Ellison said he's going to lay off thousands at Lowe's. J.C. Penney obviously is just in a lot of trouble. The ones that people think they'll keep are the ones with Sephora. There are people that are going to come from that industry. There are too many people in that. There's too many lawyers. Uh, there's too many bankers. Bankers. Too many bankers. Uh, and I don't know where those people are necessarily going to get jobs. That's a that that is a, an Achilles heel. Uh, but. It hasn't seemed to hurt the bankers so far. Right. And it's our Hampton prices down a little bit for houses. Yes, but the houses are still very expensive. It's not like they're collapsing in price like they did. I remember, they collapsed in price 2007 to 2009. Places were cut by a, by a third, some places by a half. That hasn't happened yet either. No, clearly not. But we all think it's going to happen, Carl. We think that there's going to be, uh, there's going to be something that occurs. Maybe somebody goes bust, but... I, Horton is the economy. It's a domestic company that makes the most homes. That's the economy. Lennar is the economy. I've been trying to get Lennar to come on because Lennar is doing very well. It's almost at its 52-week high. Why do these companies not matter in the equation? I don't know. I think that they're very important. Toll has come all the way back. Toll is now up for the year. These companies are doing very well. 10% of of our economy is housing. And, um, frankly, it punches above its own sure. weight. Thank you, John Stump, for telling me that what, two CEOs ago. Now, one of the things that is – it's funny I mentioned Wells because, you know what? It's become like the, uh, the old National, Lamp, uh, National Lampoon, which is, you know, is, is Franco still dead? I mean, uh, it, where is the CEO of Wells Fargo? <laughs> where is the CEO? How many – this is like Intel when they finally got Swan. Does nobody want that? I'll take it. I will run Wells. I don't think that the last year should be. You're already going to be Fed chair, so I need well, to move no, on. Do you think you can't run Wells? No one's running Wells now. Why can't I run Wells as, as well? I don't know, Carl. Yeah. Wells is a big, it yields 4.4. It doesn't really have management. they got to pick, they got to pick a CEO yeah. soon. It's, it's been a drawn-out succession sure process. Has. Maybe get someone from another industry, like Greg Creed from Yahoo. <laughs> Here's Bamble this morning, Jim, on the 210 inversion, if it happens. Uh, looking at 10 inversions back to the 1950s, S&P has topped out within about three months, six times, and 11 to 22 months, the other four. If it does invert, does, does, yeah. you, does your view change? That is my biggest worry, but I keep thinking that Jay Powell can read the tea leaves, too. Uh, what happens if Jay Powell, who already ran to get it uninverted, what happens if he just keeps cutting? Well, then you're not going to have. What is the? Why doesn't uh, the? You know, the Fed should go back and start selling its bond hoard. I once posited to Bob Rubin when he was Treasury Secretary, why didn't we do some sort of giant tender for all our bonds by raising money lower? Uh, you said that's just not going to happen. Can't do it. Anything. I think anything could happen. But I just I sit here and I look and I say, why doesn't every? Why I know that the European governments are constrained by. EU laws. But Germany could do a very big bond to ignite their economy, but they won't do it because they remember 21 to 23. They're totally gripped by, by the Weimar Republic. Uh, what's keeping us from Fear, doing the something? Longstanding fears of inflation, hyperinflation. Yeah, hyperinflation. Um, That's important to point out because yeah. it's not inflation. But um, is the case building for a 50 basis point cut or an yes. intermediate cut? Uh, wow. Intermediate is, is panic. That's that's, that's October of 2008 when you find right. out that there's something very wrong. At that point, it was long-term capital. Please, Jay, if there is something wrong and you know about it, let's take some action. But I, I haven't 
you had to have your ear to the ground right now. And a lot of people, the New York Fed, I believe, knew how bad long-term capital was, but didn't know how badly the exposure was. If there is someone who is sh- someone large who is short treasuries, you know, will you please stand up? Please stand up. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise, I think we can do okay here if, if Powell slowly cuts, doesn't panic. There's no reason why he should panic. The president's been giving him a pass for 48 hours, right? He's watching. It's interesting. When you dial around, Carl, do you ever stay? When you dial something by mistake, do you ever continue to watch it? Unless it's the movie The Fugitive or Shawshank Redemption. Watching by mistake. Watching TV what? by mistake. I've it happens watched, to the best of us. I, I, I've not watched a lot of I, Sometimes I do put on Aaron Burnett because I miss her. But for the most part, I find what I want. I've, you know, the Comcast system is like put on Kramer. It doesn't put on Donnie. I love Donnie. I love Donnie. But I, I just think that there's a lot of TV watching. Remember when your mom would tell you you can't watch TV? You have to do your homework. Yeah, I do. I, I, I say that. that was I say that these days. Do you? Yes. I um, used to tell my kids, no, no using Google. But I didn't know what Google was at the time. I just heard you weren't allowed to use it. We did have a nice turnaround at the open here. Cat's leading the Dow. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Bob? And it started off the usual consumer staples, utilities, defensive sectors uh, stronger and the more cyclical names so like industrials weaker. But as you mentioned, we've turned around a little bit. Caterpillar's gone positive. Take a look uh, at the major. I'm putting up the major cyclical sectors here. Energy still weak. Retail still weak. Semis were down at the open. They flipped positive. Banks were down at the open. They're positive. Consumer staples, uh, they were positive at the open. Again, this has been very defensive uh, every day as we take a look. But the real action, frankly, has been overseas in Asia, where it was another down day uh, for the markets there, particularly on the Hang Seng here. Uh, we're down. The Hang Seng here, of course, is the Hong Kong market. We're down maybe 9% this month. Uh, so we're at the lowest level since January century. And it's starting to affect some of the uh, smaller uh, developing markets, Malaysia, Thailand, Philippines. These are probably down about 4 or 5%. Uh, for the month uh, overall. But there's an awful lot of political turmoil in, in around. It's just important to, for everyone to be aware of it, not just in uh, Hong Kong, of course, uh, in the, uh, uh, Hong Kong air, but in Italy, uh, as well as in the U.K. with the Brexit issues, Argentina as well. This all kind of adds up. A lot of this partly is due to some populist uh, uh, fights going on from populist politicians. Hong Kong is a different issue, of course, but it all puts into a very potent stew. It makes it very difficult to assign numbers for earnings because that's what the stock market uh, is. Uh, I think, importantly, Evercore had a very important point this morning here. Global GDP growth for 2019 estimated to be about 3%, but China is the the incremental add for the world. They add, China adds one percentage point to global growth. So China is about one third, one percentage point of that 3.2 is China. If the China numbers come down dramatically, global growth numbers come down. The point is China is really sort of one of the main engines of global economic growth. And if that starts to come down, we have a problem. We've seen some individual stocks trading in Hong Kong that have just had Frankly, horrible months. Sands, China. This is Macau Gaming. You know that. Sands, of course, down 12 percent. Hong Kong Land, one of the big property developers in Hong Kong, down 12 percent. The Hang Seng Bank. This is a big bank there. They trade. Uh, they, they deal mostly exclusively in Hong Kong. Finally, just quickly, Cathay Pacific, which is not only canceling flights, but also their own employees may, in fact, be involved in some of these demonstrations. That's sitting near a 10 year low. Carl, back to you. Bob, thank you very much. Uh, we are getting some news uh, this morning regarding potential U.S.-China trade talks. Let's get to Eamon Javers in Washington. Eamon? 
Yeah, Carl, we got some dueling statements here from the U.S. side and from the Chinese side on tariffs and the trade war. First, uh, this just in from the U.S. Trade Representative's office, a new statement uh, from that office on China. They're saying the United States Trade Representative today is announcing the next steps in the process of imposing an additional tariff of 10 percent on approximately 300 billion of Chinese imports. This is just coming in, so I'm reading it here with you uh, live. But uh, they're referring back to the May 17th announcement in which they published a list of products imported from China that would be potentially subject to an additional 10 percent tariff. They're confirming this new tariff will go into effect on September 1, as announced by the president on August 1. Certain products are being removed from the tariff list, the USTR says, based on health, safety, national security, and other factors, and will not face additional tariffs of 10 percent. USTR also going on to say further, as part of their public comment period, it was determined that the tariff should be delayed to December 15th, for certain articles, products in this group include, for example, cell phones, laptop computers, video game consoles, certain toys, computer monitors, and certain items of footwear and clothing. USTR going on to say they intend to conduct an exclusion process for products subject to this additional tariff. Today on their website, uh, they're going to publish additional details and lists of the tariff lines affected by the announcement. So the news in this USTR announcement that we're just getting now, Carl, uh, is that they're delaying until December 15th the tariff of 10% for certain articles uh, until that December 15th date. So that is an important one to bear in mind. Meanwhile, the Chinese Foreign Ministry also issuing a statement of its own based on a phone call that they're reporting that happened between Liu He, uh, the Chinese uh, leader who's been uh, the, the face of these negotiations for some time now, and also uh, Ambassador Lighthizer and Trade Minister Mnuchin. They're saying that the Chinese side has made solemn representations on the issue of tariffs on Chinese exports to the United States on September 1. Not clear what those solemn representations are that the Chinese side has been making to the U.S. side, so we'll have to press for more detail on that. Uh, they also say here the two parties agreed to call again in the next two weeks. So the Chinese statement here now referring to additional talks before that September 1st deadline for these new tariffs to go into place. And, of course, we had been expecting that the Chinese side and the U.S. side would meet in Washington after September 1st. At some point in early September, the U.S. side is still planning for that to happen. Uh, we don't have any finalization uh, as far as senior administration officials know from the Chinese side that there is a meeting uh, in early September, but they're assuming that that meeting is going on. So now the Chinese are putting out a statement saying there will be additional calls between now and September 1. The U.S. side saying that on September 1 those tariffs will go into effect, but some will be delayed until December 15th. And then there's this expectation of a meeting after that, guys. Back over to you. Amen. Obviously, market responding to all of that. Dow up a quick 300 points. I asked for Apple to be excluded. My wish was <laughs> their command. Can we guess here that uh, in return for talks, we delayed some tariffs, yes. take some tension out of the room? Yeah. I mean, this is the bears said that this would not happen. The bears repeated over and over again that these talks were blown up. Uh, it is obvious if you're delaying these uh, talks to December for some of these products, that is a huge, huge win uh, for, the for the talks themselves. Uh, it's Lighthizer. It's not just Mnuchin. That's very important. Uh, and this is the... All right, I'm going to say it. Uh, you know what this is? I think this is the president saying, I don't want the stock market down anymore. And I, this is dramatic. Uh, we're going to forget about the inverted yield curve a little because we're going to say that maybe this is going to bring back some commerce. Uh, if you're short Apple... 
uh, and were shorting it when I said I wish they'd exclude it. Well, now what do you do? They excluded it. What do you do? Do you just say, well, now I hate it for another reason because I think the watch is bad? Oh, I got a call. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, you actually do have a call right now on your Apple Watch. <laughs> and it's someone I should have taken. Right. But look, this is exactly what the bear's worst nightmare is. Now they can say, Carl, but you see there's an inverted yield curve. And I would come back and say, well, what do I do? The Dow's up 400. And they say, you just wait. Well, what, is, what good is that to wait? What good is it with Apple up $9? And we'll see how long the inversion watch lasts as the 10 years now uh, back above 168. Well, I mean, the the president reads, he not only watches a lot of Fox News and sometimes gets to by mistake, watch some other things, but he also watches the Dow. And he didn't like what's happening. You know, that's, I know that there are a lot of people who think that that's ridiculous, but it's not true. He watches. And I think that this is a response to the fact that maybe he's concerned that the world might be slowing and he doesn't necessarily want that to happen. Remember, he also likes to be liked. You know, those of us who have worked with him know that that's, he thinks that is important. Wait, is that a sin? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was so, I, look, Tim Cook has done everything the administration wants. And I was shocked when they didn't exclude him. But now they have. Yeah. Some are going to argue that the U.S. blinked here. Is that unfair? We don't know what the Chinese are doing. Uh, we don't know what they've given on them. We don't get the whole side. Uh, I care. I want to hear what Peter Navarro has to say, since Peter, Peter is really doing this. But look at the VIX collapse. Wow. I mean, you've got to go to Uber and Lyft to find something bad. Right. But they'll give you that. <laughs> right. There's still you, pockets. Oh, no, that's, that's fine. I mean, remember, they're selling great stuff at 8 bucks that cost them 10 which is a Look at this market. Oh, I want to be so negative, Carl, but I'd be so wrong. Well, it also coincides with um, Caterpillar's three-month rolling sales for July. They're horrible, right? Uh, not, not, not as bad as Kidding. Not as Latin bad America, as you would have thought. Yeah. I mean, my travel trust owns Cat. I'm an, obviously an idiot because here it is up big. This, this is the bizarro world. We, might, we like them ugly. We put, we put wings on Venus to Milo. You know, this is like wing victory. So, all I'm saying is, is that there are people who are so negative. They want arms from Venus to Milo. They want wings from Wing and Victory. And I am You're not sh- calling it all clear by any means. No, a, I'm just saying It's a that, phone call. No, absolutely it's a phone call. But what matters is what is exempted. Because they have said over and over again that Apple would not be exempted. And Apple is often considered to be the key to this market. And that I think that they've blinked for Apple. I don't know if they blinked for China. Uh, this is very fortuitous for China because they've got the problems in Hong Kong that we haven't talked enough about. Yeah. Um, but this is, uh, did somebody blink? How about if everybody blinked? Uh, it certainly seems that way. And your point about Apple, uh, 208 now, uh, takes you back to the beginning of the month. We're going to watch the rally here. Happened in a hurry. Dow's up 330. Squawk on the street continues after a short break. Don't go away. Got a rally in progress. Dow up almost 400 as the U.S. trade rep moments ago says they will delay some tariffs until December 15th for products like cell phones, laptop computers, toys, even items of footwear and clothing. Big win for Apple. Big win for some of the console makers. You can call it Microsoft with Xbox. I'm not sure exactly where Xbox is made, but I'll tell you this. Uh, This is a I think that the administration would say, hey, listen, Fed. 
you know, this is less inflationary. You got less inflation. Why don't you take advantage of it? I think the other side is, is that people will say, what did the Chinese give the United States? And all this is, is a delay. But it's the gift to Tim Cook, who I think has presented a case that is quite good to the president. And uh, that's why that, that stock is deservedly up 11, because it's got a lot more time. And the people who were betting against this market on the yield curve, they're going to be in hiding today. And that's why it's so hard to just say, I hate the market. Look, my, the first 20 minutes here was an existential uh, crisis for me because I wanted to hate the market and hate business, but I couldn't. And even I went up there, I said, listen, I wish that they would give Apple a break. And it, no, he didn't watch that. <laughs> it was in the works before that. But this is a major change and a gift to these companies. But, but it's still going to happen. But, the, but Powell should make his end of the bargain. That's what I think the administration's thinking. Okay, no, the inflation that you were worried about with the tariffs, that's off. Give us cuts. Give us cuts. But for the point of view of the stock market, this is an amazing rally right in the midst of perhaps the most gloomy moment since yep. December 24th. It was getting dark. Uh, as it that, was getting dark. The 210 spread came within three, three and a half basis points of inverting. I think that this is a very important move because I do not believe the Chinese really gave the United States anything. But look what's rallying Hasbro. And Hasbro's not been able to pull out of China as fast as they'd like. That's a great bellwether of what's going on. Obviously, Apple. Apple had been a flashpoint because the president, some of the president's people were saying, what is Tim, as I said, what's Tim Cook doing? Well, the answer is Tim Cook just got a reprieve. And, uh, and if July sales were as good as Credit Suisse says, what's the bear? What's the bear? Oh, here we go. Okay. Anders is uh, barcodes. When you see a barcode, that's Zebra. And Novacure has done remarkable work. Even one of my friends managed to get a few more years because of something they have for brain cancer. I don't want the show to end. Why is the show in? It was getting good there. It Why is, is getting show good. In? Uh, Jim, we'll see you tonight. We'll see you tonight. Bad money at six. Apple's up more than 5%, and we're up 400. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 